This is The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Listen to The Business of Life on demand by subscribing and downloading it wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode... And don't feel like you have to adhere to this traditional idea of Christmas. This day and this time of year can be anything you want it to be. It doesn't have to look like, you know, a, a, a card with a wreath on the door and things like that. Make it your own. Make your own traditions. Don't don't succumb to the pressures of a society that has kind of given us, you know, Christmas 101 every year. All coming up with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. Jan, we're actually in the studio together. We're in the same room. I know. And it's so great to see you. It is. And look it? at your hair. I love it. I cut some of it off. I like it. And it's still the right color of blonde. But in two weeks from now, it will be yellow, and I will be in a version of Goldilocks somewhere in the country. Why? Because this ash color is really hard to maintain. And uh, for all of you guys tuning in, my hair looks fantastic. Absolutely but fantastic. But it, it's short-lived. Blonde is really tough. And I've had people online telling me, I like you better with dark hair. And you looked <laughs> a lot better when you had another 25 pounds on you. Just saying, that's just my opinion. I'm like, block. Yeah, you get you get people saying the funniest things, you know. I always you, you get them saying first of all, you get them saying the funniest things when you are online and they have the courage of being behind a keyboard. Because why I, say but, something but even like in that? Person, who, why do I care what they think? That's what I, that bugs well, you, me. But we do. Like, do you ever have somebody? I have people come to you all the time and say, "Oh." You're a lot prettier in person. And I think, what, what is does that? that? What does that mean? <laughs> do I look really crappy? Do I look really bad in you all are, my real life? You uh, are, well, no, but isn't that what you think? You think, well, how do, what do I look bad in real okay, life? But just let me, let me put this to everybody. I'll just pose this question. People, for people who aren't uh, public figures, which is great, you're going through life, imagine somebody coming up to you at the, well, at the Walmart <laughs> and just coming up to you randomly. You don't know this person saying... Oh, I, you know, you just, you look so much, you know, bigger on television. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look normal. So that's what I always pose to people. Can you imagine a complete stranger coming up to you? But because you're a public person, there's somehow this license that's given that it's okay for them to come up and, you know, imbibe you with their... their verbal assaults. I don't... Well, I I kind of have decided that, you know, it's... It's just good intentions. And I think people get nervous around us. You know, like they're nervous. They say the first thing that comes to their mind. And the first thing that comes to their mind, maybe you're... It's appearance-driven. Yes. Yeah. It's your... I always either get you're shorter, taller, fatter, thinner, prettier, um, <laughs> younger, older, you know, like whatever. And then... But online, you get a completely different thing. It's, it's like you said, change your hair color or I'm a hairdresser. I'll do your hair for free. I don't oh, get I'm rid no- of that white streak. I go, okay, well, that's... That white streak is natural. The rest of it, you should worry about. That's yeah. the stuff that I color. Yeah. Yeah. But... But I like your hair this color. It looks really pretty I, on you. I mean, I I'm I like changing it all the time. I like changing it up. Do what you I, want. I was going to do something really kind of out there this time and change it up because women do that. And I love to be able to just change it. And there's so many temporary colors now, right? They're rinse yeah. out colors. And thank heavens, one of my uh, showrunners from the Jan show, that's a little plug there, folks. Um, she said, for whatever you do for crying out loud, don't change the color of your hair. And I was going to do kind of like this light pink kind of, it was like a fuchsia rinse. And my hairdresser said it would only last like three weeks. And I was going to cut like another inch up and just do a straight bob because my hair grows so damn fast. you being rocker chick. Well, but I, she said, don't change it because we have to do your EPK. And I'm like, 
Thank you, Jesus, because it was the day before I went to get my hair done. EPK to people. Nobody. It's knows an electronic it. press kit. So what what's happening next week is I'm coming back here to Toronto, and they're shooting all the pictures of myself with the cast of of our new show, um, just for billboards and magazines and. You know, God willing, Arlene, the sides of buses, because who doesn't want to be on the side of a bus? <laughs> exactly. Or at a bus people stop with someone say, drawing penises on my eyelids, right? People, people will come up to you and say, you look a lot smaller than the side of a bus. <laughs> on the side of a bus. Like, you look so much better. Well, uh, you know, when does your show air? Speaking I think of in, plugs, March. in March. I think in March. Mine does too. Okay. Under New Management, which is my new show, airs in March, and Jan's show airs in March. So we, okay, will we have need to, to celebrate. get to. I know we need to get together and you know crack open the San Pellegrino, <laughs> and uh, woo, and uh, and Are have you, a nice dinner. I'm, and I'm treating. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack open something different because I'm not off alcohol the way you are. So you drink your San Pellegrino. Uh, hey. If you want to sponsor us, San Pellegrino, we are still looking for a sponsor. And water, what could what could go or wrong? Or Toronto Transit, hey, <laughs> exactly. Any any transit. Um, um, how? But so, isn't that so? We didn't know. I didn't know no. you were doing the show. You didn't know I was doing a show. Nope. And then suddenly we were both doing this show. So Jan and my life seems to our lives seem to kind of run funny, like parallel tracks in some ways, and yet so divergent in other ways but that is one way where I think career-wise we both just jump in with both feet and go I think that was one of the things that I was so drawn to like this all this whole thing started our conversations and this this whole show started the conversation for it started quite a number of years ago but I think when we started having dinner uh, you know we'd get together when we could like mm-hmm. a couple times a year and have dinner and we we're always like we need to we need to to do this. We need to like include people in there on the conversation because we had such a great time. But I think for me, it was always that you understood my life. Quite a number of years ago, I had some health issues with my heart, and I remember you texting me. And we we didn't know each other that well. This was probably I'm going to say five years ago, Arlene. Yeah. And you were so kind. You just you, the text was. Well, it basically said, I want you to cancel everything that you have on your Mm. plate right now. I want you to wipe it off. I don't want you doing anything. I don't want you to worry about the work. I don't want you to worry about disappointing people. I don't want you to worry about the ramifications of the contracts. Like you came at it from, like no one in the world would understand that. But you knowing that you have all these obligations that are sometimes a year in advance that you're booked. Or a year and a half in advance that you're booked for jobs. And... After you said that to me, that that text meant so much, I phoned Bruce, my manager, and I just, I was like, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Yeah, I don't remember. So it's the understanding, but that's what it was, Arlene. I don't remember sending it, but I I would imagine I would certainly have thought it. Like, I guess, you know, like, and so I'm not, because I I think when we get um, in those situations, it's really easy to, well, listen, I'll tell you something I've done, you know, like I've been thinking a lot about, I've been, like you, we work constantly it's a constant but we want to what we want to yes I'm not complaining that wasn't meant as a complaint at all like I love what I do um I also feel like I it fills my time so I don't ever sit around wondering what I'm going to do I'm always trying to fill my time me too and but I this summer I did something that I've never done before 
So, you know, we're always, like, there's always something, right? There's always something, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the speaking engagements, whether it's the TV shows or the, you know, like being on what, whatever we're doing or work, you know, with my, my fund for me or, or my marketing company or all the different companies I'm involved in. And I said to um, the Carly, who takes care of my speaking engagements, I told her that I wanted to take the summer off. And I've never, ever, ever done that. Wow. And to those of you who listen to that and think, well, that's not a big deal. When you're single and, you're, and you support yourself, you, you're constantly thinking about how you can earn money and how you can make sure you can take care of your family and yourself and your, you know, whatever you need to earn money for. So taking a summer off of that is actually a costly thought because that's partly how I earn my money. Yeah. So it's one of those things, but I, I'm, the cost to my health was more important than the, oh, the sure. money I was going to make. So I'm going to take the summer off from speaking, and I've never done that before. How did that feel? Um, it felt really good until Carly told me all the offers I'd gotten <laughs> that she had to turn down. I went, oh, okay, well, maybe that wasn't such a good But, idea. I mean, I, I saw your social media. I, I, I think, was it September you did Fogo Island? Oh my gosh, and you should have come. We invited I, you. I wish I could have and I was shooting the TV show at that yep. time and that had just come up, but I um I was really glad that you did that. I think, you know, before we started taping, you know, the the whole question of self-care came up. I know that um, on our website, The Business of Life, not sorry, the website, but our Twitter handle, Business of Life 1, if you want to go on there and uh, leave comments for us, that would be great or suggestions of what you want us to talk about. Um a lot of a lot of things have popped up about self care. So you just kind of opened that door. Yep. And I have a really hard time doing that myself, like taking the time off. Maybe it's because I've been moving so much for so many years that even when I get home for a week, I'm like, I got to get going. And I'm trying to figure out how I change that mentality. Yeah. Well, I think you're a couple years younger than me, and I that only just came to me this year. I and, and I don't know why. Like I think it's I, I'm just so much more well, two things. I think I'm more mellow than I used to be. So the intensity of having to feel like you, that you couldn't say no, I think has kind of gone. And and plus I you I mean you are doing self care. Like let me just let me rephrase that. Like you you and I have both taken this you started it sooner than I did. Um, but we are very engaged in self-care right now. I just, people I, want to know how the hell they get there, though. I know. Well, you have to give yourself... You have to not self... It's self-defeating. Like, I'll lose weight, and then I suddenly it's like I don't deserve to lose weight, or I don't deserve oh. to feel good. And then you eat again, and you start gaining weight back, and then you, and then you t scold yourself, and you go back into these cycles, which are really dangerous. So you have to realize that at the end of the day, if you strip all the people away in your life, if you strip every outside influence away in your life, you are left with you and your body. Yep. And you're, if you don't take care of your body, that old saying that your body is a temple is so true. And so when you treat yourself better, you live life through more clear eyes. You see it through with clear eyes. And you also, I think, feel... I just feel more grounded, Jen. Like I just feel like I. But I'm, you've earned it. You've I know. So earned it. But you have too. Like we, oh, we both, <laughs> we both have, um, and I feel like at the end of the day, self care is about realizing how important it is to take care of you. Like I, I know that sounds it's like the same thing. Let me think on that, Jen. Let me think about that because there's there's a thought there. Okay. What do you think? What's what's going on in your head? Well. 
very bizarre things going on. You know the FOMO, fear of missing out, yeah. F-O-M-O? Yeah. I mean, I'm not down with the internet lingo, but, you know, the fear of missing out. And I think that's the Instagram age. We look at other people's pictures and lives and they're on yachts and they're running down beaches and they're popping champagne corks. Um, I mean, this is the Instagram feeds. So the fear of missing out is people sitting at home going, oh, gee whiz. Well, now there's this new thing. Um, Jomo. Jomo. J-O-M-O. The joy of missing out. And oh, I, think, I, I love think, that. Yes. Love I think that. you and I fit in that because um, I know enough about you to know that you cherish your time on your own. And when we were talking about before the break about people you know, trying to figure out how to start and how to start looking after themselves, I think you have to be selfish. And maybe the joy of missing out is part of that selfish train of thought because we're all inundated with you know give help the time of year lift other people up and I'm all for that but you know as a caregiver of my mother I knew that I was in a lot of trouble when I wasn't taking any time for myself like I Mm -hmm. was in a lot of trouble mentally physically sleep deprecation anxiety depression because my mom was sinking me because I was doing everything I could to look after her and I wasn't getting I wasn't asking for the right amount of help and I knew I had to change that or I was going to go down with the ship so the joy of missing out I freaking love it I just I'm a I'm I'm introverted I really am I, have, I, have you been like? Have you ever done those tests? You know for sure. You're how do I get a t- hold of that? I'd love to do there, a test. There are, there's lots online that okay. Tell you, but um, I am I am an introvert as well, and people are always surprised when they would be very surprised. I think to find out we're both introverts, and you know, like I I know I'm an introvert because I love to. I love being alone, and and I love being alone not because I don't like being. But you're with not people, lonely, but what? But my point is, I like recharging myself. Like I find that when I'm with people. There's a lot of energy that is taken from me, you know. Like I feel like I, I'm, I don't get a lot of energy back. I'm usually giving the and energy out. That's a real out. thing. That is and, a real thing. It's exhausting sometimes, yep. and and so I have to kind of recharge my battery so that I can go and be on stage and go and do those things. And and I'm not again complaining. I actually love doing it. But this time of year, you know, it's Christmas coming up, and and I I feel like. It's almost like you you aren't allowed to say you want to be alone because that's somehow broken. And I don't think in today's world that is broken. I mean, why do we make being with people just about a day or a few days? Like we put so much pressure on ourselves to feel like we've got to, you know, be with family, be with friends, go from house to house, sing carols, make <laughs> turkeys, you know, like, you know, like knit something for some, make some homemade candy or whatever you make. And it's and sometimes the best thing you can do over the holidays, I think, is to recharge and to just allow yourself some peace. People don't know how to be alone, Arlene. Well, they, I don't they, think they, they get, get they, very they, frightened. When you actually sit long enough and ask yourself, how do I feel? What do I feel like? A lot of people don't know. I, I asked a friend of mine a few months ago, do you think you're happy? And there's a big pause. And I'm like, well, that's daunting. She goes, well, no, I'm just thinking about, am I happy? She goes, what does happy mean? Like, can I give you a a number out of 10? I'm like, no, that's, you're not going to give me a number out of 10. I don't want like seven out of 10. Like, do you think you're happy? She goes, I don't know, but I'm not unhappy. She said, and I was like, okay, I don't even know where getting through life. That's what that is. But it's the, she goes, I'm, I'm never by myself long enough to really think about how I feel. And that, to me, was really interesting. She's got two kids, um, you know, her husband, whatever. It's just it's just a lot. 
and her kids are younger. I mean, they're like 10 and 13 or something. But how do you not know how you feel? I, I pretty much always know how I feel. I, I, you know, when I was going through, I feel like I've lived like nine lives. I really do. You and have. I, I can remember, I, I absolutely, and we've talked about this, I can remember when I first got divorced feeling absolutely like a failure and feeling completely like I needed to get right back into a relationship because that that meant that I were valid was valid and valuable and in a you know a, pers- a personal sense and I remember feeling I don't know I think we got to be careful like not to judge people that can't be alone because I was one of those people you know I didn't I was I have not always been comfortable I've always felt like I needed to be surrounded by people up until the point where I finally realized that I was fighting against myself that what I really needed was to find my inner peace what I really needed was to feel okay with being by myself what I really needed was the serenity of understanding who I was but up until that point in my life Jan I was doing everything I could to please everybody else like make my friends happy make my family happy make my you know church happy make my business happy everything was about everyone else and it wasn't till I realized that I wasn't spending any time on how I felt that I changed that that came with age it also comes with it, it age has a lot to do with it but when you finally set the whole idea of what people think of you aside because that keeps us doing all these things. We're so worried about this, the stigma of, oh, she's selfish because she's, you know, j- just on her own and, and wants to be by herself and doesn't want to participate in family. Uh, I remember, you know, years ago, a friend of mine said that her sister called her really selfish because she just didn't want to participate in the family Christmas, you know. And I'm just like, how is that selfish? You, you want to start your own traditions. You want to do your own thing. And she's probably the healthiest of every one of those sisters. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. And I I really do treasure it. I, but there's a fine balance. I know that I spend too much time by myself, Arlene. Mm-hmm. I know I can feel it. Like I'm sitting out in my house in the trees and I get a lot of work done and I love it. And I'm always busy. Like I'm never idle. You know, even if I turn something on to watch, I'm like, I, th- I think I might watch a movie. I don't have anyone here. No one's coming by today to do anything at the house. Halfway through the damn movie, I'm like up cleaning a drawer, doing something, putting it on pause. I just, I, I just get to a point where I just have to engage myself because I start, I start thinking about my mom and I start thinking about, oh my lord, am I going to be by myself for the rest of my life? I'm, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I, I get inundated with these random questions when I'm by myself. I don't dislike it, but I'm. I know that it's it is about balance, being by yourself and reaching out and and being around your friends. Sometimes I'll just call my friends to come over, you know, for a bite to eat because I I know that I shouldn't be sitting there by myself. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to understand that. But if for those of you who are thinking about whether or not you can get through this Christmas by yourself, the answer is absolutely you can. And and you know put on put on some records and have yourself put on a, my record. Put, put it's on. excellent. My Christmas record's awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> have you ever asked yourself why why we are that way? Like you know, it's funny. I I really I can stand on a stage in front of six thousand people and talk because I'm in control of the conversation. I can talk. It's me talking. 
But I th- and we've talked about this again, you know, previously. Where yet, if you put me into a room with three or four people, and the conversation turns to me, it's awkward for me. It feels like I don't want to talk about myself. And and yet, we talk about how we like being alone, but we also love to to do things with that are putting ourselves out there. So it's is it the advice to people this time of year to just have the courage to allow yourself to a feel. To be, if if it makes if you're if you're feeling a bit sad about it, don't let that get you so down. But just allow yourself to feel. If you're feeling okay being by yourself, then be by yourself. It takes courage to do the things that you want to do versus what other people want you to do. Oh, absolutely. We're always. I mean, we're only human. We always worry about what family members are going to think of us, what our friends are going to think of us. Oh, if I do this, then she's going to think that I'm. I mean, we're. We're so concerned with what uh, the opinions of others that we really forget about ourselves yeah. and what we think. And and it it is it's it's an inf- a human affliction that we're just. But we're women in particular are taught that to be in the service of others means to give up yourself, and and we're taught that you know you're the caregiver. You're the you're the person who has to, especially when we're in our midlife, you know, like we're going through, first of all, we're going through menopause, midlife, we're going through, we probably have a career, we have our children growing up, our parents are getting older. In fact, one of our um, followers on Twitter had reached out and said, you know, what do you do? You're in the middle of all the stuff going on in midlife. And and I and women are taught that they have to just suck it all up, forget themselves and all that, and take care of everybody else. Like forget the fact you're having hot flashes. Forget the fact that everybody <laughs> needs you every minute of forget the day. Forget the fact that you can cook an egg on your stomach several <laughs> times a day. Oh, and you still. Why didn't somebody? That, okay, just a, for a second here, I'm going to digress. <laughs> why doesn't somebody tell you that hot flashes last after menopause? That you get them for the rest of your life. Okay, well, thanks for telling me that, Arlene, because I did true. not know that you get them forever. Okay, no, that that can't be true. You've got to take Don Quay or some. There's the got to be Don some. Quay? I don't what know. It's Don herbs, Quay? herbal. <laughs> He's not a guy. Don Quay is not a guy. Um, it's an herb. So that might actually help menopause too. Though. Yeah. Oh, ching! <laughs> can we have a drum roll, please? Woo! Um, there's got to be a bunch of herbs that you can take for that. Hot flashes, being what they are, are quite frightening. The first few times you get them, you think that you're going to spontaneously combust like a gin drinker from 1650 in downtown London. They are awful things, but I did not know. My grandmother never had hot flashes. I asked her that, and my mom never had hot flashes. Yes, she did. She, she, yes, I, they did. I asked her. She said she didn't. They, they did, but they probably... Okay. Our, our parents... Well, I don't remember having... I don't think I had any of that, my mom said. I had a hysterectomy, and I was mowing the lawn two days later. That's what my mom said to me. So that was her take on, on you know, midlife menopause. Uh, Maybe we're too precious about it, Arlene. Maybe I, we I just... ran a half marathon through my menopause. I, I was like, I was... Everybody told me to kind of... What is a half marathon? 12 miles? 21, I think. Miles? I don't remember. It's been a while. Why would you even run a marathon? (laughs) I think it's 20. I think it's 20. Uh, For anyone wanting to run a marathon, don't. I'm going to ask the uh, engineer here. Is it, or or Caitlin, is it 21 or is it 21 kilometers or 21 miles? I think it must be 21. A half marathon. What does that say? I can't see that. Here, can you see that? 13 miles? She's showing. Okay, a marathon. It's 21 kilometers. Oh, 
We'll see. <laughs> it's 21 gold. I ran it, but I don't even know, remember what it was. Good for you. But I but don't. You know what I did? I, everybody was telling me take these drugs, take this therapy, you know, drug therapy, all this, you know, to help with the. To to help. Help. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that because I really hate, I'm like anti taking any kind of medication or drugs unless I, unless I, like a doctor said, you take this to live. Um, so I. I decided that I was going to run, and I went. I started training. I don't know what got into me. I started training, and I, I started running. It's a. I actually blocked it out clearly because I don't remember how many miles or kilometers I went. But it was. I went down to San Diego, and I ran the. Uh, it was, I think it was sort of called the Rock and Roll Half Marathon, and I didn't think I could do it. And it just. It was absolutely the most. It was so rewarding. It was so much fun, and and it helped me get through menopause because it was constant exercise, you know, kind of keeping your good for you. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, I think everyone's got to find. You have to have a goal. You have to have something to look forward to. This is what I find in my life. I mean, part of the success, if I've had any kind of success in my life. I'm not a huge goal setter, but I I like to engage in tasks, and I have to have something to do. So I, mm. I, I always would encourage that. I don't have a five-year plan. You know, people always say, do you plan this? Like, I didn't plan on my TV show. It came up. I had the opportunity to work for some people. It came together quite quickly. But it wasn't like on, it wasn't like on my dream board. That's not how do my mind works. No, I don't have anything like that. But if it works for you, that's what you should do. But I love the idea of running. And doing something that has this end game. Because with you, the, the thing that I am always admire so much, you ran the marathon and then you moved on. What's next? And I love that about, about <laughs> living a life that you work up to something, you get there, and then you find another mountain to climb. It was a That's me- it what was, makes it, life great. I think my marathon or half marathon was a metaphor for my life. Sure At the it is. time, though, Jen, because I was running from something. Like, I had gone through... Um, my second divorce, yes, that's right, two divorces. Um, but my second divorce happened around Christmas time, and you know, as we go into Christmas time, um, the you're I, reminded I, of that. I, I'm very much reminded of um, my ex husband coming home. Uh, we were we were going away for for Christmas, and my ex husband coming home and telling me that he was not going to go with us as a family, for, and and. Uh, it was uh, one of my kids was getting married. It was just a, a horrible, horrible thing that happened. And he just said, I'm not going to go. And, and uh, you know, I don't love you anymore. I'm not oh, going to go. God. This is all at Christmas time. It was really one of the worst times of my I life. I don't love you anymore? Yeah. You actually got that? Yeah, I got that. Sentence? I got that sentence. And this was, uh, this was not. So, you know, anyone out there again who's listening to this, you can get through that, you know, simply because so somebody doesn't do? love you anymore doesn't mean you're unlovable and that it's something wrong with you. It, you know, to me, it was, um, listen, relationships don't always work out. I, I like to think it was fully his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with me, but somehow after you know two failed marriages, I'm guessing there's a common denominator in there. But having said that, you know, I I've had two very very realistic uh, marriages that failed for very real reasons as opposed to just you know relationship fails um other other things happened you know whether it was uh, you know infidelity whether it was you know lack of love what whatever it was and i think i think you just have to so what am i saying for those of you who are lonely alone for the first time at christmas and have family and are looking around feeling somehow that you're you're less than or not good enough or 
or somehow not worthy. Not worthy. I want you to know that you are. That Christmas is Christmas is not the time to be self-reflective on your failures, but it's more a time to be courageous about what you have accomplished this year, or where you're going to go, or who you are, or find 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 solace in the fact that you have gotten through the heartache or that you're if you're in the middle of it yet you're going to get through it talk to your friends talk to your family do whatever you can but don't don't give up don't give up on yourself because I almost did I went through some incredible depression around this like it was just the hardest I just I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe I was going through another failed marriage Jan it was awful and at that time of year uh, just horrible that anybody would do that at Christmas. You know, like it is horrible. Why, why, people always seem to pick these pivotal times, like around a birthday or around Valentine's Day or an anniversary. You know, people always seem to pick these big, you know, these these important monumental dates to lay this stuff on people. My friend, I won't, I'll give her a different name. My friend Darlene, um, who worked with me for a long, long time. You know who you are, Darlene. She worked with me for 10 years. When I first met her, she was just coming out of this relationship, uh, a, a very lengthy marriage. On Valentine's Day, her husband, they had just finished renoing their house. They bought the house next to her parents and everything, like all these things. They'd been working so hard. He came in with, I think, with flowers in his hand and said, I want a divorce. I don't love you anymore on Valentine's Day. It, it just... It always astounds me, but there's something about the holidays that brings out the best and the worst in human beings. And it, and it's it's it, there's so many classic stories about tumultuous family arguments at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or birthdays or anniversaries. And I'm not sure what the trigger points are, but I mean, you're talking about going on this holiday before Christmas. You have a kid that's getting married, and your husband at the time chooses to insert himself into the already existing chaos to further it's almost like there's so much going on that I think I'm going to slip this in there and and just get it over with it's the ultimate no you know what it is I control think, well it's control and I think that what happens is for people who are out there cheating they are getting a lot of pressure on the other side from you know their their mates, right? Their paramour, because, yes, yeah. Who whoever they are, concubine. With, that if it's Valentine's, you should be with me. If you loved uh, me, you would spend Christmas with me. If you if you cared, and so there's a lot of pressure going on, and a, probably a lot of self. Like I'm sure that this leading a double life eventually just uh, eats you up alive, and you have to, and you explode. And holidays are the reason that that happens because you're getting more and more pressure. But I never thought about that. I think that's what it is. I think that people <clears throat> are just getting pressure, pressure, pressure. Do something. How could you? How could you spend family? You, you said you, you were don't going- love them. You're, yeah. You should, yeah, you love me. You should be with me. And and not to say that that's okay. Um, but I do. You believe in monogamy. I mean, this is probably a whole other. I don't think that's a Christmas topic. Let's let's talk about that. I know, but 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 I I just don't even know if it's if it's a feasible modern idea anymore. I mean, infidelity just seems to be across the board like a normal thing now. You know, I want to get back to it's a few days to Christmas. See, she's. I know. I know. I'm being. Okay, I'm being the Grinch. Merry Christmas. Ho 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 is right. Oh my gosh, that's not what I meant. I think. 
Okay, well, well we, it's not, yeah, wait, okay, wait a minute. I just want to say one thing. Okay. It's not always, it's funny how we went to, oh, it's a woman, right? It's like always the woman's fault. No, no, no. It is I as didn't much, say it was a woman's fault. No, but you, your, your joke alluded to it. <laughs> no, but you're just saying that the partner who is pressuring the guy. To, or the girl. Or the girl, exactly. Um, is the, whoever the other person is pressuring I never thought about that. So yeah. I appreciate thinking about it from that angle because that really is part of the equation around holidays or special occasions. So what can people do that are going in? It's We're, we're sliding into the to Christmas. No, we're sliding to Christmas, oh. which is a happy time. What can people do to... to to show self-care for themselves like they're you know we talked about eating things that you could do last show but I think there's things you can do emotionally um what 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 would you suggest people do that are trying that are struggling to get through whether it's a relationship breakup at Christmas or whether it's feeling alone I love getting together with old friends that I haven't had time to really see throughout the year and I try and do that every year we have a little gift exchange, and it's nothing big. Like some, I think last year we had a ten dollar limit, and it's hilarious. I mean, you can get a pair of socks with a bad saying on it, or you know, it, it is even about that. We just get together. <clears throat> I think last year we went to Earl's or something, and there's six of us, and it's just getting together and and talking and having some laughs. And God, do you remember when we were so drunk and we were at so and so's party? It's we always mean to get together and we never do. So we actually pin down two hours. And really take the time to to plan something to get together. I love doing that. But not everybody has six friends. No, and, I, and, and a lot and, of people these don't have these those are, friends. These aren't like these aren't. Um, <laughs> my friends are going to listen to this and going, "What an a hole." These are these are these are good friends. These are these people. These aren't super good friends. I only see them once a year on Christmas. These are just people that I have to see to shut so them up. Find six random people, go for lunch at Earl's together. And I just you'll be have fine. to get them off my back. You know the friends that I'm talking about. Everyone, no, that that sounds funny. But I mean things like that. I think. Taking yourself to a matinee movie. I know that sounds kind of ludicrous. I love going to movies on Christmas. I mean, a matinee Christmas movie and getting some popcorn and sitting in the seats and, and you know, having your 3D glasses on or whatever. I love doing things like that. Going um, for a walk. Even even going to the mall where there's all the Christmas displays. There, there's a bunch of lights, too, in, in Calgary. And you know where Spruce Meadows is. Yeah. Uh, they have the most magnificent light show that you can hop in your car and just drive through and see a lights. Or taking yourself for a hot chocolate and, you know, getting bundled up and, and sitting outside on your, your deck and just taking 15 minutes to indulge in a hot chocolate and a piece of shortbread cookie and, and just looking at the birds landing at the bird feeders. I mean, it is the little things, Arlene, I think, that get us through. It's not these big things. It's the little things. And and not taking too much time. Um, and what I mean by that is not looking down the road so far. Really take life an hour at a time, especially during the holidays. It's not about, oh, what am I going to do next Wednesday? Just attack it an hour at a time. You can get through it if you, if you, I think, just do it in little pieces. Yeah. It, it's, I do recognize how hard it is, though. I mean, those things, and I think not surrounding yourself by 
constant reminders of you know what everyone says is a perfect Christmas. Reminding yourself that the majority of people are single and alone on Christmas, and that the are they? Yeah. Well, I oh, I don't know. God. I'm gonna say that I don't. I shouldn't say that. I don't know if the majority. I think I I think certainly there's a lot of divorced families out there. Yeah, there's a there's lot of people struggling with what they should and, do. Fragmented and, yep. families, and and don't have such high expectations. It's it. This is back to the. FOMO and sometimes JOMO. The, the JOMO and you know what sometimes the best thing you can do I believe is just get up have a tea or coffee you know go for a walk read a good book don't turn on the TV to watch the, the movies because those movies might make you sad don't necessarily play Christmas carols because they might make you sad you know like just try and have a day with where, where you're not being surrounded by to me the the reminders of this perfect life that doesn't always exist, you guys. And Jan, I've had, I've been there. I've, I've been there surrounded by family and felt so alone, so, so sad and so, so down and out. And I, I want everybody to have a really great Christmas because they are happy with themselves and they realize that whoever was that left you, you know, Time You're is better a wise off healer. Them. Time's the only thing. And you know, if you've ever had a friend that's gone through a breakup and you get those phone calls, you know, in the middle of the afternoon or the middle of the night, they say, so-and-so just did this and we're breaking up. I'll tell you, you know that there's no words in the world that I could have said to you that day when that happened to console you, Arlene. Mm-hmm. Time is a wise healer. Mm-hmm. And that's the only solace that I ever take. I've been in breakups before when I'm like, and I'm old enough to know now, this is going to take time. I know I feel really crappy right now, and I, I can't read, I can't sleep, I can't watch television, I don't want to talk to a friend, I just want to sit here in the middle of this sorrow and this malaise and this heartbreak, and, and emotional pain can feel physical, you can feel physically ill. Now I understand time will go by, as the days go by, and you do engage yourself in activities and keeping yourself busy. Um... I'm not a fan of of being idle. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of wallowing in things. I think you have to be proactive. And uh, I know now, I I probably didn't know at 30 years old, but I know at 56 that I have to help myself. And I have to do things that, you know, fresh air is big. You just said walking. Mm -hmm. And I... I love, I mean, that has been a huge part of me moving forward in my life is just getting outside and getting air. They seem like stupid things, but I'm telling you, time, oxygen... Water, resting, friendships. I mean, there's five things right there that are going to get you past time being the first one. Yeah. That's the first and foremost. Best advice you just gave there. I it it's funny, sleeping that's Christmas and having a few days off, it's a great time to catch up on your sleep um, and, and to, to get some rest. I the, the fresh air thing is very interesting to me because I was living in a building where you couldn't open the windows because it was a high-rise and they had, you know, the, it was like hermetically sealed. And they were worried sealed. about people jumping and out. Maybe, I don't know. They were hermetically sealed. It was like we couldn't. God. It was because the air conditioning system was, I don't, who knows I why. I get it. But I just moved back into my old home and, um, and, I opened the windows at night, and I have slept like a 
baby. Like the difference between having fresh air at night for me, and like I like my rooms really cold. I、me、love、too. cold, cold, and so cold and the fresh air. You're you're right. There's things you can do to you know just kind of calm yourself down, and a lot of it is getting rid of that self tape that says you're not good enough or that you somehow are missing out on something, and 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 try and find the peace inside yourself. And that's easy to say. And it's hard but you have to, to keep repeating it. You have to. People ask me all、it. that. You know, they ask me all the time. You know, how do you find self worth? You are persistent. You are consistent. You are steadfast with messaging. So let's face it: the conversation that you have can go one of two ways with yourself. It can be, you know, very antagonistic where you just smash yourself down, and we all do it. We do it at different times during the day. But on the other side of that fence. There is there is that person that can cheer you on inside of you,、mm-hmm. the person that champions your your failures. That goes, that's okay. You got to keep getting up. That's what makes us successful: is that we're willing to fail, and that failure is part of the equation. So be repetitive in your messaging. Yeah, you're not I- you're not going to get something the first time. You know, like、oh, how do I convince myself that I'm worthy? Keep. Telling yourself you are, yes, because at some point that is going to permeate your stubbornness. It's going to permeate the negativity, and、uh, it do- it will work. It because the negativity came with persistence as well. It came with a constant pounding. It came with consistency. It came with being very determined. That's where the negativity came from because you were very determined with your damn messaging. Yeah, that's, so it's, it's such it's such great advice. And what I'd say as we wrap up this uh, this this uh, this chat with each other, Jan, is I want everybody to have the Christmas that they deserve to have, and that is the one that makes them happy inside. And I I, I hope you have a, a fantastic holiday. Going to London, so cool! Can't wait to hear all about it. I'm going to be in the countryside walking through sheep crap. I can't <laughs> wait with and, my rubber boots. And, and I hope everybody out there has a fantastic holiday, and that you're kind to yourself, and you tell yourself that you deserve to be、um, happy. And don't feel like you have to adhere to this traditional idea of Christmas. This day and this time of year can be anything you want it to be. It doesn't have to look like, you know, a, a, a card with a wreath on the door and things like that. Make it your own. Make your own traditions. Don't don't succumb to the pressures of a society that has kind of given us. You know, Christmas one hundred and one every year. Make sure you know it's okay to have any damn kind of Christmas that you want, any kind of meal that you want. If it's a frozen lasagna, here, here, all you know, power to you. Just be Just happy. Be happy and, and make it your own day. It's it's one day out of three hundred and sixty five, and yeah, you 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 are the most important person in your life. You really are. So your kids can fend for themselves. Your partner can fend for themselves. But just make sure that you take some time out on this beautiful day. Uh, to to be happy. Thank you for listening to the Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Subscribe and download the Business of Life wherever you listen to podcasts.